Well, great. We're going to go ahead and get started. And uh, some of you are clicking in right now. You're discovering us. You're trying to get your volume all set and uh, get the kids uh, around the computer. Uh, we want to encourage you to, uh, in some ways, act like you're at home. In other ways, act like you're at church. And maybe, in other ways, act like you're with us right here in a, in a small group. So if you want to yell at the computer or the, your device or whatever it is, you can do that or share, uh, you can do that. I guess you and your family will be the ones to hear that. Um, but uh, this is the best way we know to do it right now. And uh, we are really glad that you're here. Well, since we're hearing from Boaz, let me just uh, kind of tell you who's here today. Um, first of all, uh, Pastor Lucas and Indy and Boaz. Can you hold up Boaz? Let everybody see Boaz. Um, there's Boaz right there. So he's the youngest member of our group today. Um, and then the Loudon crew is here. Um, they're separated a little bit here. There's some right here. Half of the Loudon crew is here. So Bill and Kim and Danae and Bryson. You can't see him because he's got camo on today. Um, and then uh, we have Jeff Halpert right here. And uh, Jeff is uh, the father of our technical guy. Um, this afternoon, one of our technical guys. Um, Alex, run around in front of the camera real quick. Um, Alex is about to have, well, Alex isn't going to have a baby, but his wife is going to have a baby any second. So um, here's Alex right here, and he has set all the video and all the audio up so that, and arranging for the live stream. So it's really cool. Um, but be praying for Jessica. She's about to pop, she's ready to go off at any moment. Um, everything looks good. They're expecting a baby girl, and uh, so and she is due actually tomorrow. She's due tomorrow. So awesome. So be praying for um, Alex and Jessica and baby Alpert. So Joe is here. Uh, her husband worked all night, so uh, he's not here. He's asleep right now. But Joe uh, works in the office and supports so many different things in community group. My lovely wife, Marcy, uh, always say I love Brazilians so much I married one, so um, she's here. The Hills um, also, uh, Pastor Jason and Kelly just drove in from Alabama um, this last week. Your grandmother went home to be with the Lord and um, was a believer, loved the Lord, and um, kind of the matriarch of your family. And so, a sweet time, yeah. Pastor Jason did the funeral, uh, did uh, lead in the funeral there. Um, the Chipmans are the last ones we'll introduce here. Um, the Chipmans, uh, TJ, welcome home from seminary. It's uh, kind of great. He's in school, and they've canceled school for uh, the rest of the semester, though you're still studying at home. Online class. How many classes do you have? Five. That's, that's a pretty good load. So. Okay. Same schedule, so that's cool. Anna, what grade are you in? Anna is in 10th grade in that building right there in our school building. So um, sorry you're not very far from school and church today. And Christy is one of our principals uh, at the school. She uh, oversees our high school and uh, just has a wonderful ministry in all of that. And, of course, her husband, Tommy, is our church administrator he helps keep all this stuff standing up around us and helps us be able to even do stuff like this. So um, I'm just, I'm glad that you're with us today and we welcome you. I can tell you that, you know, some churches are kind of, um, they felt led to recreate their worship service a little bit 
as Pastor Lucas and I, especially in Jason's absence, um, Pastor Lucas and I were really talking and praying about that this week. We felt that this was a more appropriate setting. Um, we uh, uh, perhaps will do something different in the days to come, but for this Sunday, um, we were just thinking about this, that um, a week ago, we had 320 people here in this place, and it was kind of the, the Lord's grace at Sheridan Hills that we have this outdoor place to meet where we're not cooped up close, perhaps passing the virus so easily. But being out in the open, um, it was kind of an easy letdown for Sheridan Hills going into these weeks of not, not being together. And um, so this is a, a bit of a sad time um, in that the church family can't come together. And I know that there's a lot of things we can't do right now, but this is perhaps the most important thing that we can do in our lives is to come together with God's people and um, to recognize who he is and to uh, learn of him and to grow of him and encourage one another. So um, these, are, uh, these are difficult days in that regard. We recognize that. We're grateful that we live in the time where we live uh, where we can do things like this. That is a great blessing. Um, I just want to encourage you um, to let your heart worship. I want to encourage you to stay with us all the way through. We're going to be here for about an hour, something along those lines. I want to encourage you to, to stay here all the way through. And Wednesday nights, um, we had a great time last Wednesday night. We're going to do that again, live stream. So I want to encourage you to be uh, just online Wednesday night and uh, be checking the website for all of the other things that are coming along. We'll have a couple of other announcements probably as we wrap up. But we want to get started right away with one of the great songs that our church has learned to sing in recent days. Um, Pastor Lucas has taught us, um, as long as you are glorified in the good times and in the bad, that we will praise the Lord. So um, if you can, look at the lyrics. Um, you can download the sermon notes and the lyrics right now on your phone or something like that. You can, you can get it all. It's right on our website. So.
Rejoice in the fact that um, that is what gives us the opportunity to worship, and that's what we're doing. If you've just joined us, we uh, welcome you to Sheridan Hills Baptist Church. Uh, for some of you, perhaps this is the very first time that you've ever been to our church. Uh, it looks a little bit different today than it normally does, but uh, we're just a group that is here from the church, from the, the church staff and families that are here gathered to worship and to include you in your home. Uh, to be with us. So we're, we're so glad that you're here. We really are. Uh, today we've already sung some songs about um, the fact that we trust God in the hard times as well as the good times. And uh, we just sung about what makes it all possible. It's his grace, his grace for uh, living, his grace for our salvation. And uh, this morning we're going to take a few minutes and uh, just look into God's word and enjoy God's word. And then some of the team here is just gonna, I've just asked them to be prepared to uh, share a verse or two. Um, some are going to do that. Um, I can tell you this week, as, we were, as Pastor Lucas and I were thinking and praying about what, what venue uh, to work in for this service, um, I woke up very early in the morning. Many of you know that Marcy and I used to be uh, missionaries in North Africa. And... Um, our task was to help believers to come together and worship God and to grow in God and to um, do what the body of Christ is to do, which is to win the lost, disciple the one, and care for one another. And uh, the only way that many believers across North Africa can meet is in a setting very much like this. And so um, I was kind of wondering what to do, and it was almost as if early in the morning the Lord was saying, you know what to do. You taught a lot of other people to do this. And so, um, so we're really just doing what many people all around the world do. Um, there are many people in closed countries or in impoverished countries, countries that they don't have a church building. They don't even have a place to meet. They meet under trees. Um, that happens all through South America. That happens all through Africa. And that happens all through the Middle East. Not a lot of trees in the Middle East, but... Um, I know of groups of believers that meet out in uh, various forests, and uh, that's where they meet in the summertime when it's hot and in the wintertime when it's cold. And so um, today we're just kind of doing that a little bit, and we want to rally around God's Word. When we come together, we sing and remind ourselves of the truth through the Word, and uh, we come to the Word of God. And so if you haven't already, you can download the notes right, how, right here, and uh, God has just kind of laid on my heart. A message and Jason would you do them oh my notes are right here um, I'd like to pray before we look at the word we're gonna be looking at what are the right ways to respond to a crisis and what are the wrong ways to respond to a crisis and I think we see both of these happening in this present corona crisis um, that are around us and maybe each one of us are 
are um, tempted to respond the wrong way in some ways, and we are seeking to respond the right way. And so this, this message may convict us a little bit. God's word often does that. It shows where we're wrong. shows where we're not living in a holy way. And this message may encourage us um, that maybe in some ways, okay, I'm doing the right thing. I'm thinking the way God wants me to think. And so that's our goal this morning. Let's pray and ask God's blessing as we um, look at some scripture. Father, we do pray that you would speak to us now. Lord, all across our community where families are meeting in their homes, um, fathers and mothers with their sons and daughters, um, some alone, uh, clicking on and and being here with us. Father, we long to be together. This is not natural to us. We are made to be together. But in this time when this is necessary, we're glad, Lord, to meet any way we can. And we pray that as we look at your word, that you would speak to us. Lord, I pray that you would allow your word to be um, um, truly convicting to us and truly encouraging to us, that we would see it and conform to the way of Christ. And so help us to respond right in these days. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you have your outline there and you can look on the screen, um, Alex is going to kick up this verse. There's two verses that as we look at right and wrong responses to any crisis, two passages come to my mind as a little bit of a guide for where this message is going. Look at the first one there, Proverbs 16.25. Proverbs 16.25 says, There is a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it is the way to death. Um, Other translations say, There's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, it ends in destruction. And so our fallen thinking can lead us into trouble. And so as we we look at the way we respond to a crisis, it's good that we be aware that we can think that there's a right way to respond, and it can only lead to more trouble and more crisis. But look at the next verse in Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 17. It says, the way of wisdom is pleasantness and all her paths are peace. So if you would, write under the word wisdom, if you're taking notes, God. Because our God is a God of wisdom. And uh, because he is a God of wisdom, when we live in the way of God or in the way of wisdom... He leads us to pleasantness, and her paths are peaceful. Um, Even when there's trouble, even when there's difficulty, that there's a peace that we're going to look at in a little bit that just goes beyond the circumstance. So um, those those two ideas, way that seems right to a man ends in death, way that seems, excuse me, the way of wisdom, which is which is a path of pleasantness and a path of peace. We want to choose the latter. Well, let's look just very quick on your outline. Um, Line down the center of the page, division between right and wrong in this, wrong responses and right responses to any crisis. And this can be a personal crisis. This can be a car wreck. um, This can be cancer. This can be the loss of a loved one. um, This can be coronavirus. This can be a hurricane. You know, how many times have we all worked in this grove covering up these buildings and getting this place ready or cleaning out after a hurricane? Um, There's all kinds of crises that come in our lives, Um, right and wrong. Number one, there is a response of fear, indignation, and anger. 
fear, indignation, and anger. Look what it says in Isaiah 41, verse 10. By the way, 365 times at least the Bible says, do not fear. Or someone is being told, do not fear. Whether it's an angel showing up and saying, fear not, or whether it's God saying, don't be afraid. Um, Whether it's Jesus saying, don't be afraid about your life, what's going to happen. Over and over and over again, we see that God says to people, don't be afraid. And there's at least 365 of them, so that means one for what? Each day of the year, one for every day, right? Um, I think that's kind of cool. Look at this. Isaiah 41 verse 10 says, so underline it, do not fear. And why? For I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Yet, that's our immediate response very often, is to suddenly be afraid. Or to be indignant. To say, can you believe this? It's the idea of, I deserve better than this. Or what about this one? Anger. That, That issue of, I'm, I'm angry about what has happened. I'm angry about what this person did to me. Or I'm angry at the virus. Um, fear, though, is probably one of the big ones. Instead, over on the right-hand side, number one, notice this, the response of humility. The right response is that of humility, repentance, and faith. When a crisis hits, that is a great time to be humble, not prideful. That is a great time to look to God, not to look inside at self. Pastor Lucas, Wednesday night, talked about the fact that very often when we are afraid, we, we look inside, and that very often is not the place where we need to look. That's where the fear is, perhaps, or that's where the despair is. It's in these times that we need to look up to God. Look at Psalm 57 and verse 1, very similar to Psalm 56 and verse 1 that we saw last week right here in the grove. In Psalm 57 verse 1, it says the same thing as it starts, be merciful to me. That's how the whole psalm starts. Be merciful to me, O God. Be merciful to me, repeats it. For in you my soul takes refuge. In the shadow of your wings I will take refuge till the storms of destruction pass by. Isn't that beautiful? Church family, I hope you're looking at that. Um, That's David being chased. That's David actually in a cave as he was hiding. As people were threatening his life, he writes this song. He was in trouble. But the right response was a response of calling for God's mercy. So humility, repentance, and faith. You know, this is a great time. There's some people that are turning to God right now. A crisis causes people to do one of two things, to either turn to God or turn away from God. I hope that, that you, I hope that we, I hope that all of you out in live stream land, I hope that we are a people that turn to God. Maybe some of you are saying right now, I, I don't think I've been turning to God. I I think I've been looking within, or I think I've been looking at the world instead of turning to God. The right response is that we humble ourselves, that we repent. Um, You know, when a crisis hits, there are some people who come to faith in Jesus. 
they've been playing a game with their lives or they've been ignoring God for a long time. Well, this is a great time. There's no time like the present for a man to look at his wife and say, I have been prideful and sinful and I need to turn to God. Um, so if that's you, I want to encourage you, turn to God, turn away from sin and self and say, I've been running long enough and I know it. And this is the time for a surrender to Christ. Um, if God has given you the grace to do that, do it. Even as I'm preaching, even as I'm speaking, I want to encourage you to do that. Number two, um, the wrong response is playing the blame game. You know, it's very easy to play the blame game. And we can blame all kinds of things when a crisis hits. We can blame God. A lot of people do that. Um, a lot of people immediately, I mean, they, they realize to some degree, and even in doing that, they're recognizing that he's powerful, um, that he affects things, that he's involved. But they're coming up with the wrong conclusion and saying that, that God has a bad purpose in this. God is a bad God in this. So um, blame others sometimes. Blame yourself. Look at Proverbs 19, verse 3. When a man's folly brings his way to ruin, his heart rages against the Lord. And so whether the crisis is because of your own folly or whether it's because of living in a fallen world, which we're going to look at right here next, it, the answer is never to rage against God. It's just never. That's, that's never a healthy thing. Look at the next one there. Genesis 3, 12 through 13. That's, I mean, what happened when sin came along? Adam blames Eve and Eve blames Satan. I mean, we, we just see this, this loss of the blame game. What about number two? Recognizing the right response is to recognize, not, not play the blame game, but to recognize the fall and its curse. If you would, right above the word fall, rebellion. So we don't want to make this just like, oh, I tripped and fell. A fall often seems like an accident. But when we're talking about the fall of Genesis chapter 3, we're talking about when man rebelled against God and said, I'm going to do my own thing. And then each one of our hearts is characterized by that as time goes on. And that fall, that rebellion against God came with a curse. And so when we see a crisis, we can know this is part of the curse. Um, you know, our church, I, how long ago did we do uh, worldview? We, we'd studied worldviews, secular worldview versus biblical worldview. Two years ago, maybe almost three, as time flies. But when we were doing a worldview study and we really looked at creation, fall, redemption, glory, and we were talking about a lot there, the impact of the fall, I started to see much, much more of pastoral ministry in everyone's lives through this issue of the fall. I mean, the reason that we struggle with so many different things, quite honestly, the, re the reason my roof leaks at home um, is because of the fall. The reason that there are bad things, the reason that there is struggle and trouble is because of the fall including coronavirus. Um, sin entered the world, and when sin entered the world, death came with it. And uh, if you were to look at um, all through uh, Genesis, uh, you would see that picture. But 
we need to blame our sin and we need to blame Satan for the things that are tough and rough in this life. Um, look at Romans 18. It's talking about the sufferings of this present time. And those are not to be compared with what's coming. Um, for all, look what verse 19 says, for all of creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of God. God has, a, he's, he's saying that there, it's going to be so good and as we struggle, we wait. Um, and uh, we're going to finally be released from things like coronavirus. There, there won't be any more of that and we look forward to that. So don't play the blame game. Instead, recognize the source of the trouble. Recognize the source of the crisis. It's the fallen curse. Number three, moving fast. Um, we can respond with criticism and complaint. All human beings are good at criticism and complaint. There's just some that are um, better at it than others. Um, we, know, we would say it that way, I guess, being nice. Um, but, you know, criticizing and complaining is usually not the way to make it through trouble. It usually just doesn't help. Um, we... We can obviously, up there in the blame game, we can, we can be criticizing God in this, but that's, that's not going to help. Look at these passages, both in Exodus and in Numbers. Both of these passages have to do when God has delivered his people from Egypt, and yet, what do they do? As soon as they get out there, he miraculously delivers them, and they immediately start complaining. They've just seen the ten plagues against um, Pharaoh and his people, and they, they see this miraculous deliverance, and yet they're complaining. Um, and then we see um, God comes and provides for them water, and then they're complaining about nothing to eat. And then God delivers them through the Red Sea, and they say, what have you done? Delivered us from the Egyptians just to kill us? I mean, if you go read the narrative, it's, it's pretty rough. Um, we can see God's miraculous hand at different times in our life, and yet still complain. Um, that's just not the solution um, in this. Instead, look what the solution is. Number three is this, an attitude of gratitude. And this is what we see throughout the scripture. I, I put another little note out there to the side of attitude of gratitude. You know, you can either focus on what you don't have or you can appreciate what you have. And again, the way to... The way to go through a crisis is to go through it with gratitude. And maybe it's the crisis of a nice long life in a sinful world and still be grateful. Um, some of the godliest people I know are characterized by their attitude of thankfulness. Um, notice here in these verses, um, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, and I think TJ has the mic there. I'm going to ask him to read a couple of these. 1 Thessalonians 5.18, and it's, it'll be on your screen, but notice what it says. Go ahead and read that one. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I mean, that's just pretty clear, right? And, it, and it's kind of absolute. Give thanks in what? All circumstances. Um, that's written by Paul down in Philippians 4. Read the next one down there, um, TJ. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Yeah, so, I mean, we see all through the book of Philippians this idea of being grateful, even in the tough stuff. 
Paul's in prison, and the people are under persecution, and he's talking about how grateful he is. Um, you talk about a crisis, um, he's in a crisis, and he's grateful. Look at the next one. Next one. Uh, go ahead and read that one. Not that I am speaking of being in need, for I have learned in whatever situation I am in to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance, and need. Wow. I mean, he's talking about being grateful in all circumstances, when there's a lot and when there's a little. Um, James 1 says the same thing. Ephesians 5 um, says near about the same thing. And we've already mentioned Philippians 4, 6. This issue of gratitude, an attitude of gratitude can push a lot of fear and a lot of sorrow away. How about the next one that's here? Flip the page there. And... Uh, Wrong response is action of self-preservation. You say it's wrong to try to survive. That's not what I'm talking about here. What I'm talking about is an obsession of self-preservation. When it's, you know, throw everybody else overboard so I can stay on board and live. Um, hoarding, barricading, isolating. Um, you know, we live in a day and time where there's a lot of um, prepping going on for ha perhaps for difficult things. Some people would say, yeah, I'm a prepper, or, you know, we, we see that. And there's some people who right now have been living their lives planning on self-preservation in every way. That's where all their extra income has gone. That's where all their extra ingenuity has gone. Their creativity is all spent on how I'm going to survive trouble um, alone very often. Um and a, a very fearful way to live, quite honestly. Um, but notice here, we don't, we don't see that in Philippians 2. Again, we've been studying this, this passage. Philippians 2, 3 through 5, it says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count one another as more significant than yourselves. Look at verse 4. Let each of you look out not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. Now, if you've been somebody who's been reading the Bible, you know that it goes on in Philippians 2 right there to describe how Jesus did that. And what did he do? That passage describes him going to the cross. So he gives up his life for other people. He lays down his life for others. Um, so self-preservation isn't the right thing. Look at 1 John three seventeen. TJ, you mind reading that one? But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? So this is even saying, wow, we don't have the love of God. And in fact, if you go read 1 John chapter 3 and 1 John chapter 4, it's very sobering. Um, it's, it's very convicting about are we open and loving toward others? Do we really love our brothers and our sisters? Now, some would say well, that was written to the church, and it's, it's really talking about just loving uh, Christians. And I would say, I, 
I don't think so. I, I, I think that that is in general a heart of love. It, it may be specifically for that um, in that context, but friends, we, we're called to have a heart of love toward everybody. We see that Jesus um, lovingly ministered to people that were not close to him. And so whether it's our own church, brothers and sisters, you know, uh, this week you're going to receive a mail out at your house in your mailbox, snail mail, the real mail. And in that mail out, uh, if you're a covenant member of the church, you're going to see the people who live around you. It's a list. Um, in fact, a little directory. So you can know the people who live two or three streets over or whatever. And there's a letter in there for me that actually quotes some things from 1 John because God has called us to truly help one another and engage one another. And um, I think Sheridan Hills is a true church if we do that. I think Sheridan Hills is not a true church if we don't do that. There's a big difference in between having a crowd and having a church. It's easy to build a crowd. It's easy to get a crowd. It just takes a train wreck. A train wreck, you can get a crowd. But a church is vastly different. It's people who are identified with Jesus Christ that love each other and that really care for each other um, in the good times and the bad. So number four, action of self-preservation, that's the wrong thing. Action of service to others, that's the right thing. And in fact, I quote this very passage in that letter that you're going to get in a couple of days. We see in the early church that they're sharing, caring, and serving one another. They're sacrificing for one another. The words that we see in Philippians about Jesus' example, that's what they're doing in Acts chapter 2. And as, Acts, as, the, as the people from Acts chapter 2 did that in the first century, at the beginning of the church, we may be doing that, I pray, perhaps in the last century. I don't know when Jesus is coming back. Sure does seem like a lot of the things that he's described are are happening in greater abundance in this day and time. I don't know. Um, but I believe that wherever we find ourselves in church history, that we should be discovered doing the right thing. And that means learning to love each other and serving one another and caring for one another. What about number five? Riding the emotional roller coaster. Um, this is like you just put out there CNN, Fox News. Um, you know, they're the ones that, you know, on one hand it's CNN, on the other hand it's Fox News, or whatever, whatever your news is. This is the emotional roller coaster. And shock, fear, anxiety, we can feel no control. We can feel anger, frustration, hatred, despair. And all of that can lead to hopelessness. And in extreme cases, it can leave and lead to all kinds of behaviors that are, that are harmful to ourselves and maybe even self-destruction whether that be by drugs, just uh, rampage living, you know, going for it, or even suicide. I mean, that's where crises lead many people. When we don't turn to God, there's all kinds of things that we can do that wind up in self-harm and destruction. Um, but the Lord calls us to do something else. Look at Romans 12, 2. Look what it says there. It says, don't be conformed to this world. That's CNN, Fox News, all the emotions of the world. Don't be conformed to the roller coaster, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. 
that by testing you may discern what is the will of God and what is good and acceptable and perfect. That's a much better way to handle a crisis is to turn to God and say, Lord, I, I don't want to be doing what everybody else is doing. I don't want to have the mentality of everybody else. Um, I want you to tell me what the truth is, and I want to live based upon the truth. Um, that's just a lot better way to do it. And I put it in this, and this was really on my mind. In fact, even this morning when I woke up, this point was on my mind. I think Christians need this. Look what it says. Number five, the right response is, um, instead of the emotional roller coaster, it's learning the truth you didn't know or remembering truth you know. Um, we need to do that. For some people, they would say, well, wait a minute, I don't know anything. I'm a, I'm a brand new Christian. In fact, I think I just became a Christian at the beginning of this message when you said, turn to God right now. I pray so. But some would say, I, there's a lot I don't know. I would say, come learn of God. Let coronavirus teach you about God and the way he works and big questions that the world's been asking. Um, for others of you, I would say, maybe you would say, well, I know these things, I just forget them. And if that's you, you're in good company because we often don't forget very, we often don't remember a lot of things that we need to remember. And secondly, all through the Bible, you see the word of God saying, remember the Lord, remember the Lord, remember what he did, remember what he said, remember what he did, remember what he said, tell your children, remind your children, tell them again. Um, over and over and over again, human beings have to remember the truth. So the way to make it through a crisis is to let it remind you of the truth. Um, I put a little list here of the bullet points. Notice these. Some of you didn't know that God is in control. Good news flash. God is in control. The Bible's very clear about it. You say, well, if God was in control, we wouldn't have coronavirus. No, 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 no. God's in full control, and he's in control of coronavirus. Then you can immediately think, well, if God's in control and there's coronavirus, I don't think I like God. Don't do that. That's, that's going back to blaming God, judging God. But you can go and see why Christians and people who believe the Bible, there's, there's, a, whole, there's a whole purpose in all of this, and we can see it. God is in control. God's plan is being played out. That kind of goes with that one. His plan is being played out. Number three, that third bullet point, and God is good. And all that he does is good. He's never done anything wrong. He never has and he never will. Put out there to the side um, Deuteronomy 32. In Deuteronomy 32, you see, Moses says, um, Ascribe greatness to our God, the rock, whose work is perfect and all his ways are just, of God of faithfulness and without injustice, good and upright is he. Bible tells me very clearly, good and upright, without any injustice. Well, I can trust in that. I have to, that's part of what it means to come to God in faith. Look at the next one. God is always working for his glory and our good. If you're his child, when crisis comes, he has good stuff in this for you. Whether it's a very personal crisis or whether it's a global crisis. Um, he, he's got a plan. Wrote, right out there in Romans 8, 28. Key verse you need to know. Um, or you need to be reminded of. Look at the next one. In a fallen world, there is suffering and pain. You need to know that. You need to be able to know where the crisis comes from, where the car wreck comes from. In a fallen world, that's a rebellious world. There's suffering and pain. You, you think this is bad, though? This is nothing compared to what it will be. 
um, without God's prevenient common grace upon the world that we have today. Um, there is um, a great judgment that is to come when these days are over. Um, look at the next part. God uses that suffering and that pain for his purposes of mercy and grace. You say, what in the world do you mean by that? God uses that suffering and pain for his purposes of mercy and grace. Here's the deal. Through crisis, God is calling and warning people. That's what he's doing. He's calling people to see him. He's calling people to look at him. He's bringing them to their knees where they're not standing in rebellion, but suddenly they start to realize, I, I can't deal with this. And we are forced to look up. Do you guys think that's happening right now? Uh, beyond rhetorical here, interactive if you want. Do, do you guys see that happening? Do you see that happening at all? I mean, do you hear that on the news? I kind of hear that a little bit. Everybody's standing in astonishment going, what is happening? Um, yeah, I think, uh, I think a lot of our expectations that are being removed that we a month ago would think this would never happen. Uh, so when, we, when we're looking at uh, uh, our system of hospitals and we're questioning can they handle this and we're looking at the market and asking can it rebound when we're looking at just society can we even get out of our houses things that we would so take for granted about a month ago uh, now we realize that society is more fickle than we, than we think that this fragile more passing yeah. than we think weaker than we think yeah what other ways do we see everything being brought to our needs? How about this? I mean, I think about how complicated everything is now. I mean, we don't even make stuff on our own here without stuff from India, without stuff from South America, without stuff from China. I mean, it's complicated. When things start to fail, everything starts to stop. What other ways do you guys see it? Yeah. Yesterday afternoon, I had a fencing contractor at my house. When we finished talking, we were both on our knees on my front porch. God is bringing opportunity to this. Um, I try to tell everybody, you know, bad things happen, but good things come from that. Good fruit yeah. comes from that. And I, I think God spoke to me, and I looked at him in the eyes, and I said to him, and I said to everybody, be bold in your faith. This is our opportunity to shine we can yeah. share the gospel, that's right. and we can glorify God, right. and that's kind of how this is affecting me, you know, with also the action to serve other people. That's yeah. heavy on my heart. Amen. I mean that. I mean, people are looking up. They're starting to look up. I, on the way here, two of my neighbors were standing there, and I said, "Hey, is this kind of crazy?" And they're like, "Never seen this before. You know, we've never seen times like this." where the whole world is grinding to a halt. Um, and it may get a lot worse. I mean, there may be, there may, may be other parts of it that become really, really tough. So, well, God is working through all of that. He is bringing 
many to himself in the process. How about the last two? Number six, um, you may be tempted, wrong response would be tempted to trust in government or trust in self. Um, there's all kinds of things that can happen with that, either un unhealthy dependency or unhealthy independence, where you're just trusting in yourself and not anyone or anything else, nothing else. Uh, comes out of that an entitlement mentality or a disappointment when they don't come through. Deception can come out of all of this, and even failure. Um, all of that can wind up in uh, an ultimate disaster in this. Look at the last one, number six. Instead of trusting in government itself, God is we are being called to trust in God, and to a degree, others. Um, 2 Timothy 1.7 talks about this, that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Um, so your fear is not from God. Instead, when we're with God, we're getting, fear, we're getting power uh, as opposed to weakness, love as opposed to hatred, and sound mind instead of, instead of just anxiety and the whole roller coaster issue. Philippians 4, 4 through 6 peace that is unexplainable. Um, that's what it's saying, a peace that surpasses all comprehension. That means that there's no way to explain it. That's what God gives his people. Uh, a peace that you're sitting there in the midst of the trouble and you go, I don't understand, but I'm, I'm okay with this. I've experienced that before. I mean, I've been anxious and upset and afraid. And then I look to God and I he redirects me, as Philippians 4, 6 says, and then a peace comes, and it, maybe it's after a period of time, but we come to the place where we go, I'm okay with that. He's in charge. Whatever happens, it's going to be okay. Felt that way when I nearly lost Marcy. Um, and she felt that way as she wasn't sure if she was going to survive. And we came to to eventually have a peace that, no, he's in control. Our times are in his hands. Let's just finish. Look at the last one, Philippians 4, or, or Psalm 46.10. I love this. Um, be still and know that I am God. Now, the government is also saying be still. We're all having to be still, right? So this is a great time for us to apply scripture. The whole world is being told to be still right now. Be still, and what I hope will happen is that we will know that he is God. Marcy brought to me a passage from uh, Jeremiah this week that says, those who know God and those who don't know God, the godly and the godless, will be made to rest. And it's not talking about death. It's, it's talked about they're going to be made to be still and look. And they're going to be made to rest. And I don't know of a more practical way in which that's being played out than right now. Uh, my neighbor said, yep, can't go to work, can't go anywhere. Not even allowed to go to the beach. We're stuck. So the idea is to be still, to rest, to know that he is God. Look what it says. And I love this because it's so appropriate. Be still and know that I'm God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. I mean, he's got our attention. 
And if you think he's got our attention right now, he can get our attention a whole lot more. Coronavirus ain't nothing compared to what he can do. And in fact, what we see he will do. So it's better to go ahead and turn to God and respond right than to turn to self and respond wrong or follow and conform with the world and their roller coaster. I want to encourage you to get off the roller coaster and get on the steady platform of being in Christ, trusting in him, resting in him. Um, Maybe uh, as we finish, moms and dads, you can have that discussion with your kids. Um, It's kind of hard for us to do that very much right here. But you may want to discuss with your family each one of these um, in one way or another of how we're tempted to not look to God, not trust in God, um, tempted to look at other things. Um, I'd love for us to hear from a passage or two from uh, the rest of the folks here. We have a mic that we're going to pass around. I've just asked them to share a passage of scripture. I, I want to encourage you to listen to what they share a little bit. And um, Christy, do you have a passage? Or? I'd love for you to share that. Christy so, Chipman has a passage for you. Do you want me to read the whole thing? Because I, I kind of picked an entire psalm. Do you want me to read the whole okay, thing? Okay, go ahead. <laughs> okay, I picked Psalm 91. Um, he who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust, for he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you, no plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder. The young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. Hmm. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Hmm. Man, there's so much good stuff there for this time. Any particular reason that's a... Um, honestly, this since I became a Christian 25 years ago or so, this has always just brought me comfort when I was afraid. And this is one that I would read to the kids if they had bad dreams in the middle of the night that brought comfort. Mm. But we had a good discussion about it last night as a family. And um, I know this isn't saying that as Christians we're not going to suffer. Um, but what TJ pointed out from another psalm is that, and as you've said, Pastor Andrew, this, this is a result of sin, these hard times. But God's purpose is to bring sinners to himself, but to refine believers. So even if we're going to suffer during this time, God's purpose for it is is for our good and to make us stronger and closer. And um, long life might not be long life here, but we have life in Christ that we can't lose. Amen. What a great word. Who else? Anybody else got one? Well, Pastor, um, you 
kind of took the ones that I was looking at at Philippians 4, 4 through 7. Um, but it's just, um, just truth that just resonates into me, and I always go back to it. Uh, but most importantly, you know, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And that rejoicing is not from our trouble, right, that he's delivering us from it, but it's ultimately it's, it's our salvation that we have in him, and that's what he's rejoicing to. And he's reminding um, the Philippians, you know, to, to remember, like you were saying, um, and to rejoice in the Lord always, not just sometimes in good times, you know, or, or, but also in the bad times because we have been saved and from the wrath that should be poured out on us. Yeah. Um, and so that's why he is rejoicing. And, um, and that always, and he, he starts that out, right? And then he goes on to let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious. And so that always comes back is that the Lord is there always with us. And, um, and it reminds us, hey, you are not alone, you know, through the good times or the bad times or the daylight and the darkness. I am here. The Lord is always near. And, and it always helps me to go back and say, all right, all right, now I don't have to be so anxious. Now I can go to him, right, um, and go to him in prayer and, and, and petition, right, with thanksgiving. Thank you so much, Lord. And, and let my requests, right, all my troubles be known to him. And, 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 and then what's so great is grace, he just, the peace of God, right, that we know that we are sure in him, it just, just floods us, right? Amen. It just washes over us the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, hmm. will guard your hearts, which we need, right? Because we are so feeble, we are so um, just so fragile, right? And your minds and in Christ Jesus, and because we are in Christ Jesus, um, for those that are in Christ Jesus, we can have this peace, and so, and we can rejoice in the Lord. Amen. And so, it's always going back to Jesus. So, I just those. It always comes back to me in one of my favorite passages. Awesome. One more? TJ, you got one? Yeah, one, one passage for me that I find myself going back to over and over again uh, in my life is Romans 8, uh, 31 through 39. And it says this, What then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies, who is to condemn. Christ Jesus is the one who died. And more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness, or danger, or sword, or, or pestilence. As it is written, For your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Um, what, I mean, obviously there's so, there's so much so to talk much about. Yeah. Um, but the most comforting thing to me in my life is knowing that 
not only is, is God sovereign and in, absolutely in control of all things, but he is for his people, and he's not against them. Yeah. Um, and so I think, yeah. and if this is true, which, which it is, because it's the word of God, then, then what is there to fear? Um, are we to fear uh, the coronavirus? God is in control of the coronavirus, and he is for us and not against us. Um, are we to fear finances? God is in control of the economy, and he's for us and not against us. And also, more personally, are we to fear that we're going to lose our faith? Um, and it, it makes it very clear that Christ is the one who died for us. Who is to condemn? Um, he's interceding for us. Yeah. And we, we have that great hope and that comfort that God is for us and not against us. Amen. I, I think for a lot of us, those verses, especially t toward the, the end when he runs through that list of all the troubles, that none of those things are going to separate us from his goodness and his grace and his plan for us. Um, many, many Christians, maybe, again, we said this is a great time for some of you to know something you never knew before. Maybe, maybe you need to go find Romans 8 and discover the beauty of Romans 8 during this time. Or maybe some of you need to remember Romans 8 because it's been a while since you forgot it. Let, uh, Anna, you, you had a passage. Share, share the passage that you had. My passage, my passage was Isaiah 25, 1. Um, it says, O Lord, you are my God. I will exalt you. I'll praise your name, for you have done wonderful things, plans formed of old, faithful and sure. Hmm. Um, like a lot of people have said, um, this is a verse I go to when I'm anxious or um, when things are happening that are out of my control. Um, and it just, it makes you stop and remember that God has done wonderful things for us, that he has saved us. Um, and he has given us something beyond this world to hold on to. Um, Key words, beyond this world. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. yeah. Especially in times like these. Yeah. Um, and that his, his plans are formed of old and they're faithful and sure. Yeah. Um, and so those are just very comforting to me. Yeah. His plans are formed of old. Remember what he said in that thing that we need to know is, no, God has a plan. He, his plans are as yeah. old and they are faithful and sure. Beautiful. Beautiful passage, Anna. Yeah. I hope, church family, that um, you're able to catch the the sense of what's going on in this circle, and I hope it's being translated into your living room. This is a great time for us to just run to the promises of God's word, to remember the truths, to celebrate the scripture, to be still, and to know that he is God, because he is going to be exalted among the nations. He will be exalted in all the earth. We, this is a good time for us to hang on to those things. This is a great time for you to connect not only deeply with God, but connect deeply with your family. Um, you know, if you're, hopefully no one's sick in your house, I, I have a feeling a lot of people are going to get sick. Um, that's possible. It's possible we will lose loved ones. Um, certainly other places of the world have. Um, we don't know how intense it'll become. But ever how intense it becomes, we just need to be drawing near to God and drawing near to each other. Um, and in our hearts of not being here. I wish this Oak Grove was filled with Sheridan Hills right now, um, but it's not. So our hearts should long for that. And if you're not here, 
Um, you're at home. Glad that you're online with us. Let us all long, though, for when we are finally together again. That's a good thing for us to, to see and to look forward to. Pastor Lucas, I think you have a couple more songs, and singing is good for the heart, right? Before the throne of God above, I have a strong and perfect plea, a great high priest whose name is love, whoever lives and pleads for me. My name is graven on his hands, my name is risen on his heart. is our Savior, saves us from all of the earthly things that we've been talking about, and as Anna reminds us, he promises a uh, blessing that's beyond this world. So I hope and pray that each one of us are uh, looking to Christ perhaps more deeply as a result of us remembering uh, what his word says about crisis and what his word says about these things. Uh, church family, we miss you. Everybody look at the camera, wave to them. We miss you guys. Can't wait to be back together again. If you need to uh, have some type of assistance, send a message to um, info at SheridanHills.org. Um, you can do that. If you don't get um, our updates, um, you can send a message there saying, hey, I want to get um, the email update so I know uh, when you guys are meeting and what's going on. Some of you are on Instagram. 
Um, we're doing a little bit more with live um, video stream from Instagram from time to time, so I want to encourage you to look out for those. Um, they're short and they're brief and encouraging. Also on Facebook, we'll be doing the um, same thing on there. So uh, just kind of be looking out for information as we come. We don't know how long it's going to be like this. Um, I would imagine even after uh, the go-ahead is given for us to come back together again, we may still obviously may not want to meet in, in closed uh, quarters, so we may uh, meet in open air again. Um, that might make sense a little bit. Um, as well, several people have asked about the uh, Easter sunrise service. Um, the beach will be closed through the month of April, so we know we will not be doing the uh, sunrise service on the beach. Um, if somehow there's a clear by then uh, for meeting, we might meet here in the Oak Grove or even on our sports field, um, whether it would be uh, at sunrise or whether it would be just uh, a little bit earlier in the morning than, than we normally meet, we will probably do that. Um, so just stay tuned. That's the best thing to do. Some people have come and said, hey, I'm willing to go shop for somebody who gets sick. I'm willing to cook for somebody who has coronavirus if they get that or for a family. There's ways that we can do that without getting the virus. That's, that's no, that really shouldn't be a problem. Um, we want you to be dialed in as a church family so that the church family can take care of one another. That's part of the reason we're encouraging you to connect with your community group. But also outside of that, we're glad to do that. Um, church office um, is closed to the public, but we are there where uh, in some certain circumstances, uh, if you need something, you can reach out to us and uh, we'll be in touch. So um, I think those are the main messages that we have. Did I miss anything, Tommy, Pastor Lucas, Jason? I think that's the main uh, announcements that we have. It's been wonderful to be in your living room. Uh, please send us a picture. Um, send a picture uh, to the church uh, Instagram or um, either to that info dot um, uh, sheridanhills.org. We would love to see pictures of your family gathering, um, maybe around a laptop or around your TV. Um, I want to encourage you to also be inviting other people to join you next week, um, even Wednesday night. We're going to have a great study Wednesday night. So invite you to come and be a part of that. So, so for now, we will be going in the grace of the Lord. Let me pray for us as we end our time. Lord, we give to you this time. We thank you that we can trust in you, that you have told us that we can look to you and rest in you. I pray that many would come to faith as a result of these difficulties. I pray that many would grow in faith as a result of these difficulties. So Lord, we give this to you in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.